0: Are we live? Zoom no in on that. Enhanced. It's really good. All right. Well, I can't believe I'm in a campaign with this man. With all with all that being said, you got me. You got it. You're gonna. you gonna you're just, you're you seeing gonna, gonna one very happy right man punching on the kiss of the air. This man, this man says, I produced this show. I produced this show. You want to zoom in? I'll
1: give you a zoom in. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Hello, everybody, and good evening. Welcome to another... Welcome to another session. That's fine. We can live. Uh, n- Welcome to another session of Dragon Mark Symphony here on Natural One Media. It has been, like, a month since we last got together... Things happen. Oops. Uh, All the more fun for me, uh, because I get to use my players' lack of knowledge against them. Uh, I am super hopped up on, Sugar, and just ready to go, so we're going to kick right into it. No hesitation. We're going. It's happening. Full throttle. Here we go. Last time we were together, the group had made their way to the Velvet Curtain, a very prestigious theatre in uh the northern side of the city of Rote, uh the capital city of the nation. Uh they were there with the intention of possibly finding and gathering information on one Ezekiel Eberson who they suspect has a connection to the attack on themselves and Matthias Cauldrew, whose apartment room they were visiting uh just within the last twenty-four hours or so. A little over than that, they did actually take an opportunity to get a rest. Uh, A little bit of planning happened. Um, But now here they are at the theater. Uh, They reconvened with one Cassowary Dubois, uh, a very notable figure seemingly in the community whose uh, lineage is responsible for some of the grand architecture in the city. Uh, Dubois had taken a shine to uh, Caspian and to Johannes and as such, uh offered to sort of assist them with having tickets provided. Uh when the group went to pick up their tickets, uh Johannes was kind enough to pass along a message to the ticket counter, which of course was that they wished to uh wished to have the highest seats in the kingdom. Uh, they were able to get their tickets. Cassowary sort of showed them around for a little bit before leading them upstairs where they were brought to a balcony area, this sort of VIP area that most of the theater-goers wouldn't be able to gain access to. Uh, up on this second level, which was illustrated in the floor plans that uh, Set and Silva were able to obtain from the uh, the local university, uh, they had been able to see in advance that there was going to be this kind of secondary balcony area above the stage uh, with an open area in front of them, sort of a viewing window on the right, and uh, a doors leading in and out, like singular doors. Uh, So they were brought up to this this balcony, and once they were inside, they were met with a group of people. Uh, One or two of them were familiar,
0: but others they didn't quite recognize at first. These people were. Bennett, name one of the people you were introduced
1: to on the balcony.
2: Umberta Et was one of the people. Uh, She was the older woman who was interested in cultural things, which meant she was just very insensitive about people who are different than her.
1: Great. Uh, Give yourself uh, plus two temporary hit points. My brain. Jade! No. Who is another person that
0: you were introduced to on the balcony? Norak Lambis III. Nice! Can you tell us a little bit about him? No. Great!
1: Add one temporary hit point to your... Uh, to your <laughs> uh, yes, you were also introduced to Norak Lambis III. Uh, this very tall gentleman. Um, almost dressed sort of in like a, like a general like military attire uh leaning on this very long slender cane that had uh what appeared to be like a hawk's head or an eagle's head uh in sterling silver uh at the top
0: uh marshall speaking of you uh who is another person that was met up on the, the balcony there That's a very <laughs> Yes, uh all
1: in all a, a very good descriptor for one Sander Toxley. Uh I'm going to go ahead and have you add 2 hit points to your uh character sheet. Toxley T O X L E Y.
2: Sander Toxley. Ander
1: Toxley, uh, very thin, bit of a, a sunken face, high cheekbones, um, sort of a darkness around the eyes, and very, uh, short, well-kept, uh, hair with a, with a part, um, very, very handsome looking, if not for the sort of gaunt, uh, expression that he wears upon his face, uh, and the last person that was there was somebody that... Francisco and Jade had met previously. Francisco, who is that? My dad? No! (laughs) No, uh, it's Emerson. That's right. Uh, Ezekiel Eberson with a B. Eberson. Uh, Yes. Eberson. Not the Uh, the TV
3: band.
1: Describe Ezekiel Eberson for us, please.
3: Uh, I can absolutely do that for you. A uh, silvery hair, a sunken but piercing eyes, and a total jackass to mm. service people.
1: Indeed, indeed. Go ahead and add two temporary hit points to your character sheet.
3: Thank you kindly.
1: that's uh,
4: doesn't tip. What a dick. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes,
4: yeah, so you, uh,
1: so all of these people were already gathered. Uh, they were speaking with each other when you arrived, there was a brief sort of a confrontation as uh, Dak, who is in disguise as a foreign dignitary, uh, was introduced to these these people of uh, unknown renown. Uh, and a bit of an odd moment happened where Cassowary Dubois revealed really? to the rest of the group uh, that your group had used the... Uh, the sort of password of sorts, and as such, you were given a small cloth bag, like a drawstring bag, uh, and I believe it was...
5: With nothing interesting
2: Set inside. Who
1: opened it, if I recall correctly.
2: That was where we left off, right?
1: That is where we had left off, so <laughs> Set had opened the bag um, and had only been able platinum. to see... Was only able to see into kind of like the surface of the bag, but could see just tons of platinum, platinum coin... Um, there was a feeling that there was something else larger inside the bag, but he, but they couldn't quite see what it was yet. Uh, and as this had happened, the show was just about to begin, uh, and so uh, in order to further conduct their business in private, uh, this shadowy group had cast a invisible barrier, specifically extending uh, from the edge of the balcony, covering, uh, going from the sort of the top of that that open area to the where the actual balcony is uh blocking off that open area with magic Uh, so not surrounding you all specifically uh but sort of closing off that space that would exist between you and the stage uh, uh down below uh and a simple question was asked a very simple question uh which was what happened to Matthias Cauldrew. and that is where we pick right back up. An awkward silence, brief, follows the asking of that question. The air ringing.
3: Um, so sorry to interrupt, but two things before we uh, fully could go in here, <laughs> First, uh, we all help.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah, uh, first thing that I want to remind of everybody is the fact that we all have fake names. Um, True.
5: Yes. everybody anybody, remember their fake yeah, does names? Does anybody need to know remember their fake name?
1: <laughs> everybody remember oh. the fake names? I don't I mean Seth no didn't names. get it. Jasper Rose. Talk.
3: Oh, you and Seth definitely have some.
4: No, were, specific. no we're just they guards. Were, we don't were, have actual names. Yes.
3: If people ask your names, I already come up with two names to give out, just in case.
5: Right, but we didn't say them. We're not going to no. talk.
4: Exactly. So we but don't need to know those.
3: In the off chance that you do, your name is Leir, is that? And Nathaniel, your name is Kiam. Okay.
2: Okay.
5: I'm glad you came up with those. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to hear
2: uh, when we didn't Cassian's go over again. that
5: anyway. So uh, Caspian's name. I was gonna say I I don't well, the reason I feel like I had to bring that up is because we specifically didn't give them names in game yes so that's why yeah. i was trying i was making the note about probably <laughs> we are kind of stuck with the fact that they just don't know them yeah <laughs> that's kind of what i was um, noting
3: <laughs> well the First thing, of course, we all fake names. So everybody remember your fake names. Second thing, shout out to Jocelyn who might be listening to this podcast. Uh, it was your birthday recently, and uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Um, yeah, but now we can go back to it. Sorry, Dylan. Sorry.
1: The, I mean, it's fine because all that's happening is that the silence continues. You can see <laughs> Gasaway is like. A little, like, he's shifting around a little, nervous he's kind of like...
5: Well, so what was the last question he asked?
1: The, the last question that was asked to your group was, what happened to Matthias Cauldrew? And there is a clear air of suspicion mm-hmm. uh, surrounding this moment. You can see all, all of these people are looking at your group intently uh, as they've sort of put together that, like, the, the message that you passed along to the ticket seller was a message that was clearly meant for this culture. is my time States. baby
5: <laughs> no this is my time baby uh, So I will, uh, I will I will step forward I'm going to be okay. uh, I mean uh, just to warn uh, obviously what I'm going to say is what I'm going to say and inherently it's not much to stop but forewarning Go for ahead. players <laughs> I am going to be truthful but not truthful <laughs> okay I trust you
4: a true Fay.
5: Yeah. I've kind of stepped forward. Apologies, as I must speak on behalf of... Uh, sorry, Marshall needs to remember terminology. It's not my lord, it's...
1: Correct, you do not want to say lord, you also do not want to say Inspired. emissary
5: yeah i just was double checking i wasn't sure if yeah I was, I was double checking that i know it was correct um so yeah i must speak on behalf of the emissary the um as uh previously the other uh the other what's was it yesterday <laughs> this is the problem having a game that is three days amongst two months it's been
1: uh, <laughs> one month played this game
5: yeah uh, was it yesterday that we were? Was it or no? It was two? Yeah, ago, it, was, was it, it was two days ago that we were at Matthias's. Yeah, two no, days. Cause we since spent a whole day, Yeah, because we spent a whole day prepping. So yeah, yeah, it would, it would be two so, days. Two uh, days ago, we had been. Uh, well, upon our arrival, we had met Matthias, and he had just with a cordial visit. And then two days ago, uh, so somewhat shortly after our meeting, we uh, were suddenly, uh, we were suddenly appeared by Matthias in front of us. He had noted that there was an attack on his apartment and that he would prefer that uh, that we come to this meeting in his stead. And then he had vanished. I like to that. Be doing, to, we don't know where <laughs> afterward.
1: Describe the emotion you try to convey as you say this.
5: Uh, let's see. Well, so I am being... Uh, I'm attempting to be like Dak. So nuts. <laughs> uh,
1: so, in that case, I'm going to have you ro- make a deception roll. Okay. Uh, going oh, up I... against this collective group's insight.
3: Um, real quick, uh, yeah. Dylan, I just remembered something uh, besides that. I had subtly spe- uh, casted uh, Mind's Revelation, uh, which is to detect thoughts for it in Dak speak um prior using the function of it to see if there's any other thoughts besides the people in front of us so you
1: recall what i mentioned to you last session in regards to that detective
3: i did not because it's been too long and i apologize for not paying attention
1: damn all right everybody pause again (laughs) real quick okay there is uh the way you're currently facing would be to your left, but at the back of this sort of VIP section, there is a big wall, solid stone, running across. You detected that, in addition to the the minds and the thoughts in this shared space, that on the other side of this wall, seemingly, uh there were one or two sort of modules, these spots where thoughts was occurring, but it was a very very thin very hard to pick up on you had to really concentrate on it as well as an additional third sort of cluster of uh mind activity uh even further away from that wall's place so really everything seemed to be occurring sort of right within that wall or behind that wall uh, and you know from having looked over the map that there is another room on the other side of this wall. Uh, a quite large one, in fact. Okay, back in. Thank you. Uh, Silva, what was your deception roll?
5: Uh, 17 total.
1: 17 total, all right. So instead of having every single one of these mofos roll insight, we're going to do a bit of a collective here.
5: Then we hope the Collective is bad. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. Norak speaks. Uh, yes, well, that's all in good, but why exactly would we believe that you would be the ones that uh, Mr. Cauldre would be to... Would be the ones for him to trust. I mean, we've certainly never heard of you uh, prior to this meeting. Come now, little little fairy thing. Why, why, why would he have have passed this message along to you and and not to us, his his more trusted uh, companion?
5: <laughs> I cannot answer why he would not come to you. But what I can do is I can answer the fact that, upon meeting with the Emissary, that himself and Matthias garnered a very positive relationship.
1: Uh, Umberta uh, sort of hops up a bit. Is this a business relationship, perhaps? <gasps> Were you in the process of trading something? Oh, this is juicy! Old
5: gossip. <laughs> That's some old gossip there. <laughs> I kind of do well, like where I pretend ew. to like look at you, Dak, as if like you're. Like going to feed me information. <laughs> um, I'm gonna
3: look at use uh, Silva, and then look at uh. Or like how, how should we, how should we refer to her? uh to what,
1: Umberta?
3: Umberta, uh, U- or... yeah. Is it yeah. just
1: Umberta. Umberta? Umberta.
3: Okay. I'm gonna look at Umberta. <laughs> uh, instead of saying anything, I look at Umberta. Um, I put uh one finger up to my lips and I offer the smallest smile. Oh,
1: <laughs> oh you're cheeky.
3: And then I, I go back to being these
1: cross all language barriers, don't they, sweetie? And
3: then I go back to being sopper.
1: <laughs> uh Norok takes his cane and he kind of uh Abruptly sort of slams it onto the uh the wooden floor below you. Right, enough games. Speak honestly with us new friends. We need to know that we can trust you.
5: <laughs> I mean inherently I get to repeat the truthful part. <laughs> I don't know, but this is true. Matthias had disappeared in front of us, No, no n- without giving knowledge as to where his whereabouts would be. We wish we could tell you, but nay, we don't and you know said ourselves. This happened,
1: you said this happened where exactly? Where did you meet with him?
5: We had initially met him in his apartment. No, I'm sorry. I was kind of look at a deck kind of quickly. Cause I kind of, I can kind of, I'll kind of mow around it. Although I need the map, give the map of the city.
1: I can can absolutely city, give you the map of the city. Let me bring all of you right over.
5: Here. Uh, it's called the King's Citadel. We're just gonna
2: the do a area, little. Right? Shoo, whoo, whoo. Um, yeah.
5: yeah. The citadel oh. is the like, or like the, yeah. The citadel is like technically just like at least like the island area, right? Or is it just?
1: So it the, explicitly... you're talking about the island in the middle of the city? Yeah. um Yeah. So this is it's technically referred to as Broken Blade Isle. Uh, mm. because it is where Broken Blade Castle, the yeah. uh, the home of the king, is situated. So the entire isle is Broken Blade Isle but then there is the king's citadel uh, housed on the isle.
5: Okay. So I kind of look to kind of look to Dak apologetically <laughs> and mm. then turn back over. Uh, apologies. The uh, locations of the city uh lose me sometimes we had initially uh seen him uh met him upon uh, broken blade island nearby the uh, i believe it is the citadel Uh, he is seemingly meeting a friend when we first met and then we had continued conversations within his apartment.
1: A friend, do you say? Uh Aha. And is this friend who we can place fault upon for the incident at Mr. Caldrew's apartment? Or would you like to take credit for that as well?
5: (laughs) We have no knowledge of who the source of the assault of this apartment could be. May it be his friend. May it be someone else in the city. We have had our own business amongst in the city to work with.
1: Business in addition to serving a foreign dignitary, I suppose.
5: I mean, given that I'm speaking for the foreign dignitary, I kind of give him like a. Kind of give him the quizzical look of the. Of like. Kind of give him a quizzical look. I'm sorry, I believe you have misunderstood, given that I am speaking on behalf of our emissary. Mm. I don't have any lights on. Hold on. <laughs> the
3: entire time, too, Dak is just st- maintaining eye contact with whoever is speaking to at us.
5: I can see you.
1: Very <laughs> slight <laughs> contact. Uh, Dak, the the man that is speaking, uh, Norak. Uh, one of the things that, given that you're staring at him so intensely, one of the things that's very easy to see uh, is occasionally catching the light and then giving off like a brief spark. There are several uh, decorated military medals uh that he keeps across uh across the breast, uh perfectly aligned with each other, shine to a mirror sheen. Uh giving off an image of someone who's extremely proud of what was likely a extensive uh military service. I don't know how much of that I can really trust. After all, you're more than capable of speaking of yourself. Who's to say that you're not doing that right? Sanders speak. Wait, what? What'd you just yeah. say? <laughs> say, Sanders Sander. speak. Sanders speaks up at this moment. Okay. Norak. I am surprised at you. I would not expect you to be so willing to interrogate a fellow soldier. Quite unbecoming of you, if I'm being honest. Um, you see Norak sort of shifts for a moment. Like there's, a, there's a very brief break in his composure, and he says, what do you mean, interrogate a fellow soldier? And, I don't like that. Uh, like that. Sander... <laughs> who has since left from leaning over the balcony and is giving you all his full attention, uh looks to you, Silva, and he has a the gaze of a bird of prey that is locked in uh with the animal that it is going to kill in time. Um fully locked in with you and you you see uh that Even though his face is incredibly placid, there's also something about that that's extremely striking and intense. It grabs your attention. Uh, And he says, I have heard stories believe they are of you. A medical officer, perhaps? Someone who took to healing the grave injuries that our fellow countrymen faced in the war, I do not need to see medals to recognize bravery and loyalty to your c- You are not who you claim to be, but who you really are is someone that a man like Hor- Norak Landis would quite, quite respect. Perhaps if you were to be more honest with us, it may actually win you more favors in the end. <laughs> uh, and Norak at this point looks visibly very confused. What on earth are you getting at? Uh, are you suggesting that she's... Uh-oh. Uh,
5: I'm just going to, you know, inherently I'm just going to um, push it.
3: Kick uh, up, smoke da, bomb! No, a deck in uh line goes... Lady Soga it might be imperative for us to shift a rules just a, a little bit. If they think that you are the only one telling lies, but for innocent reasons, it might be, it might throw them off the scent of the <clears throat> overall deception that we have here. We could say that you were this individual, but, you've decided to leave that past that trauma behind you. and now go under a new name <coughs> in my employ do you think that will be okay
5: i mean inevitably that's what we're going to kind of we're going to kind of go on that route i'm just going to you know obviously i'm always going to play coin things well
3: that's those the...
4: repeated dice rolls are disconcerting
3: right mind <laughs> you this is the this is the mental leak, link so nobody can overhear unless they're reading my mind
1: you well. don't
4: know what I was
1: rolling, though. <laughs> okay? Um, I'm just, what, 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 what body? What,
4: what, what? Just disconcerting. That's <laughs> well, when the DM way. just starts randomly rolling. What are you
5: What's talking funny, about? Is, is most, pretty truck much. Truck? I would say, I would say maybe if anything, maybe only five percent of what I'm about to say potentially would be incorrect or a little bit of a stretch of the truth. But everything else I'm about to say is inherently correct. So, because the wording is important. <laughs> so I'll kind of coyly smile. Well, while you may have you may have a distinct memory of a story, of stories, I am no healer, nor have I ever been, maybe not not in a traditional sense.
1: Sander, uh, leans forward very, very slightly. The eyes narrow just a bit. Perhaps you were right and I was mistaken. I apologize, my lady. I suppose I should rephrase, I... Perhaps not a healer of... The wounds, uh, we accrue upon our bodies over time, but perhaps a healer of the mind maybe even a healer of the soul through the creation of beautiful music
5: Aye and it is just that that has led me into the position that I am now
1: Then it is true and I am, I am meeting in... the angel for the first time
5: I am in I am in this group as I had wished to leave much of that past behind me, to find something new.
1: Hmm. Uh... (laughs) Landis scoffs. (laughs) Oh, oh, this is rich. You are trying to suggest, sort of nodding his head slightly to uh, Sander, you're trying to suggest that we are being graced with the presence of the northern angel of hell. Oh, that is quite hilarious. I don't like that nickname. You and I. Um, <laughs> that's, um, I don't like that nickname. That is, yeah, what you speak Where does that come from? I, what like you know, that's um, cool.
5: I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that.
1: What you speak of, Sander, are war stories. Tall tales told by gutless soldiers trying to scare themselves shitless. Honestly, the fact that you would believe in such tripe. Uh, at this moment, uh, Umberto speaks up again.
0: <gasps>
1: I think I've got it. I think I've got it. I understand what's happening here. You, and she points at you, Silva. You... Oh, oh my goodness, the eye, the ear, the complexion, the airiness around you, the love of trickery. You are not from here. You are from somewhere entirely different. Oh, and I have been wanting to be there for so long. Oh, of course you would love to tell little lies and secrets, wouldn't you? Oh, we must talk again sometime. Oh, there's so much that you could tell me about the Feywild. Uh, and... Eberson uh, abruptly sort of turns and looks at her at the Feywild. Is everyone talking nonsense here? Uh, And Narak says, yes, I agree. I uh, didn't think any of us had started drinking yet, and yet clearly all of you are (laughs) under some sort of intoxication. Uh, And at this moment, uh, Cassowary sort of steps in and says, honestly, honestly, I... I was under the pretense that we were inviting them here because they were friends of the group. Uh, I personally feel like all of this, strange as it may be, circumstances unusual, but I feel like we can trust them for now. And even if we can't, I mean, we've spoken with them, we know their faces. It's not like we don't have the means to track them down in the future if we need to. I don't see any reason that we need to further interrogate our guests. Let's all take our seats and we can conduct business as usual. I mean, it's not like we're doing anything inherently illegal tonight. Just having a bit of a chat is all.
2: Um, I look, Johannes looks over at Casware and just like, kind of like nods <laughs> his head.
5: That's always the best thing is to, <laughs> is to state that what you're doing isn't legal. <laughs> <laughs> or is like to, st- to it people, isn't sorry. I should say tonight that. it's sorry, legal. Yeah. No, yeah. I was. Just, I, I I worded that incorrectly. To have to state that what you're doing, like, is legal, or at least isn't illegal, especially, is really always the there kicker.
1: Is, there is a there is a. It's large not against the difference. law. There is a large difference that a lot of people don't often realize between saying this is good or saying this isn't bad. Yes. Uh, it's a very, it's a very clear choice you make when you. And we're
5: in a, we're in a, we were just being told this isn't bad.
1: <laughs> so. Yes, indeed. Uh, so yeah, Casawary sort of, sort of beseeches the rest of the group. It says, "On all of you, all of you, take your seats. The show is starting right now. You're going to miss the opening of the play. It's beautiful. The monologue is not to die for. Uh, and, and honestly." Can we please... And he kind of snaps his finger. Uh, you you lot, can we please get some more drinks? Please, a-, a round for everyone. I'll... Look, I'll pay. Honestly, if it helps to soften the mood, I will happily pick up the tab on this first round. Uh, and the two Warforged that you had seen, uh, sort of come in earlier. Um, turn and walk out the door to go, uh, similarly go get drinks. Uh... So uh, you are offered, you see that the these, these other people, they sort of, after a moment's hesitation, relax just a bit, and they all begin taking their seats in their uh, particular chairs, uh, leaving about five or six seats open uh, for the rest of you uh, to the right of them.
5: I'll give, uh, I will, as this kind of, like, is happening and like everything's beginning to shuffle kind of I guess likely before Sander fully like turns if he like turns away or anything just give him
1: a wink (laughs) is Sander specifically? yeah yeah can you make an insight check for me please? Uh, sure I can do that
5: All right, cool. we just just rolling the same number multiple times in a row. You know, why not? Uh, Let's see, for insight, that makes it an 18. (laughs) He's an impassive
3: man and an expert in his field, but in love, he is a novice.
5: (laughs) I mean, this ain't ain't that type of wink. (laughs) (laughs) This ain't that kind of wink.
1: Silva, you know Cedar Toxley. You just can't quite put your finger on why.
5: I mean, I feel like... There's kind of a couple... I mean, I could think of a couple things. One of them is the worst thing, but <laughs> that's not... We'll have to
1: find that out. Let me put it this way. You know Sander in the sense that he knows you. In that he recognizes you as some sort of a... War legend, uh, uh, a particular figure of note whose story has been passed around amongst veterans, uh, Sander holds the same weight to you. It's a name that you recognize, but he's not a man that you've ever personally met, and there's there's something there about it. Uh, as everybody uh takes their seats or where wherever they choose to position themselves, I do need to ask uh <laughs> back to is, where there we anybody, <laughs> is there anyone if we can figure out who is gonna be sitting closest to this uh group of new friends that you've made?
5: well, so like I mean weren't we kind of like sitting or specifically was Dac not like seated kind of amongst the the like balcony chairs or
1: last last session none of you had taken a seat yet i
5: thought dak did <laughs> i thought we had like sat in the chair and the, or he had sat in the chair because then the rest of us were essentially going to be like like i was going to be at his at his armrest correct that was the two that would was be flanking
1: yep that was the idea you had you had talked about you're going to be uh at the armrest you're gonna be at the side you're gonna have two directly behind him to keep watch uh, but you had not actually done, you had not actually sat down.
5: Well, then I guess we'll probably do that, right? I imagine.
1: Okay. Are you, which chair, so if you've got five or six chairs positioned to the right of this group, which chair deck are you going to be taking?
3: Uh yes. Out of the five chairs that are there, who would be, which one of the occupants in the room, other than us, would be the
1: one uh, next to that group? So here's how, here's how the seating's kind of going to work. Uh, on the other side of the room, closest to the other side of the room is Sander Toxley. He's at the far end. Uh, next to him is, uh, uh, I actually have to get my seating chart. There it is. Uh, next to him is Umberta, followed by, uh, Norak Landis, uh, And then next to him is Cassowary Dubois. And closest to your group would be Ezekiel Everson.
2: Oh.
0: Um.
3: I will take a seat next to Emerson.
0: Okay.
1: Excellent. Uh, yep, so you sit down right next to him. You see there's, like, a very brief little moment where he seems to kind of shift uncomfortably, uh, before allowing himself to relax a little bit. Um, sort of facing forward, trying not to make extended eye contact with you in any way. Though he does admittedly kind of glance at you and also at Nathaniel, uh, a couple of times before he settles in fully.
4: Speaking of which, I will take up residence directly behind Dak. Just more on his left side. Not sitting in the chair, standing. Yep. Yeah, and then I would be flanking on the opposite side. Yep.
5: Yeah, pretty much going to, I imagine, yeah, kind of going to our somewhat assigned spots. Yep. Benny gets, the, almost... Benny gets the benefit of being able to sit, at least. <laughs>
3: I also, um... Make the note that when I take my seat, I take it as if I've known the seat uh, all my life, as if this seat's always been for me. I just go over there and I plop down in the most comfortable way. And then there's a moment where I sit, and then I've em- immediately, once I hit the chair, I'm rigid, uh, back
1: straight, looking forward.
5: This was my chair. It was made for me.
1: <laughs> Everson kind of mutters under his breath. Yes, do make yourself comfortable.
4: Um, <laughs> so while that conversation had been going on, uh, I know we had left off with me. Looking Making your stuff and check. trying to figure sorry, out what the really other realize. object in that bag was. Yeah.
1: Correct. So while this con- this conversation <laughs> managed to, in the course of it happening, sort of steer away everybody's attention from the fact that you set are in possession of this bag, so no one is really kind of in the moment focusing on the bag or on you.
4: Everyone's gonna yeah, look so at the I'm moth fairy trying to adjust that larger object to the forefront so I can actually get a look at what it is. Uh, Well, at- not like actively digging through it, just like <laughs> gently like and, you know, quietly as to not draw attention to it, Uh, kind of sift it up to the top so I can see it. Um, As you're kind of, you know, moving
1: the bag around, trying to, to shift it to get a better glance, uh, you suddenly hear from the, the other side of the room, uh, Umberta pipes up and goes, Oh, I just had the most lovely idea for a fun little game. Uh since we're all so worried about whether our new friends here are actually you know oh untrustworthy, why don't we just ask them a question that only people who know Matthias Cauldrew would actually know? Uh oh. is and she kind of snaps her fingers uh, towards you. I like
5: Matt. that. I like the idea of that when I have already stated the fact that we only met him like a number of days ago. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. It's almost <laughs> that, like that she went can... in one year and out the other for
2: her. Yeah, it, really. al- It's
1: almost like she cares way more about the fun that she's having than whatever y'all are doing.
2: Almost like that, huh? Yep.
1: Uh, she snaps towards you, Set, uh almost as if you're like a bus boy or something, and goes, You there? Uh yes. Do tell me, uh what is Matthias's favorite thing to make disappear with magic? Tell me. What oh, it? what did he
2: do?
5: I mean, it doesn't matter. He's not supposed to talk. <laughs> so on the plus side, he set's gonna a yeah. good.
4: That's a good point. As like, is she looking directly at me? Then, when she's addressing me, directly at you. Um, I'll just look over towards Stack, as if either, like going, you know, do I speak to her? Just asking for seemingly, yeah, looking towards my master, my superior, as yeah. to what do you want me to do.
5: So, like, I'm going to like fully allow you to like look to him. I will kind of similarly look to Dak.
3: In re in a I say, um, other nonsense in reiterate. Like, it's just a random sentence. It's, hey, how are you doing? Um, right. In mm-hmm. your mind, those sets, um, mm-hmm. I say, do believe it's it's an egg um but it your lack of response is good it's it means that you are you passed a test
5: uh and
3: then i look down at silva and i'd say other more nonsense than reiterant um but uh uh, to her i say uh could you inform them that the uh the palacas are not allowed to speak uh in the presence of of those of a higher status um mm-hmm. but that the answer to the question would would be an egg unless i am mistaken
5: mm-hmm So I, I'll turn it over. I do regret to inform you that the Palakas are not allowed to speak amongst those of a higher status to them. Hmm. But unless he is uh, mistaken, the emissary does believe that the answer to that question is an egg. Uh...
1: There is a, a pause amongst the group for a moment as they all kind of look amongst each other. And you see Umberta's face breaks out into a wide smile and she claps, uh, fingers spread apart. Oh, perfect! See? No problems at all. They knew exactly what was going to happen here today. Everything is according to plan, even if it's not exactly our plan. Shall we enjoy the evening now? Uh, And... Landis gives kind of an approving huff and goes, "Huh. If they know about the egg, then I suppose they all legit after all. If they know about the egg, <laughs> oh, anybody who knows that about the egg, egg, egg is such is a good quintessential
4: part of him that they're all like, "Oh, they know the egg. They, they're good. They're- <laughs> they got the egg, what a egg bit. Yo, they got the egg bit. Let's go." <laughs> it's definitely not the first thing he does to any stranger who darkens his doorway. <laughs> Oh, you know that's magic. reserved for Make
0: only
2: those eggs. <laughs> hey, well, you know about friend. the egg. Yo, that i that, your
5: friends, dad. Yo, check out I can do with this egg.
2: all of <laughs> this <laughs> egg set. Yes,
1: now that the uh, with this sort of additional affirmation now sweeping through the group, uh, it looks like you have the opportunity to further investigate the pouch without uh raising suspicions. Gimme. <laughs> <laughs> I will go ahead and do that then. All right. Uh, are you looking directly into the pouch and like looking through it? Or are you just sort of inspecting it from the outside? Uh, no, I'm looking directly into it. Okay. Yeah. So you look inside and you see, as you saw last time, that there is just like this very sizable stack of platinum coin, uh, all of it impeccably kept. You kind of push your way through it a little bit and you can feel as you're kind of reaching your hand in there, that there is something larger, there is a larger mass in towards the bottom of the bag. And you feel, as you're feeling around it, um, it fills your hand almost entirely. Uh, sort of pulling it forward a little bit, the coins fall away, and you behold, uh, like I say, almost, almost fully outstretched in your hand, uh, is this massive, uh, almost like an emerald green object that has this sort of swirling pattern to it with speckles of light um, that are bright for a moment and then immediately turn gray. And as you are sort of pulling it out slowly to to see it more clearly in the the dim light of the balcony, um, you recognize that you are holding a gigantic green egg.
4: Okay. That's... It, do I recognize things. it as like it's what it's made of? Make a history check. It's, um, <clears throat>
1: that's a six. No, nah, you've you have never seen nor read about any kind of egg like this.
4: All right. Um, I'll just kind of let it sit back into the bag then, and just hold on to it.
1: All right. Uh and so at this at this moment, uh the curtain rises and pulls back. Uh you hear a smattering of applause from the people down Ooh. below as yeah. the show is starting to begin. Uh the enchanted lanterns around you slowly dim. Uh as the the balcony itself becomes a little bit darker, safer like these sort of sparse lanterns that are kept at like a faint glow so that if anybody has to get up at any time, they can still see where it is that they're walking. Um, the Warforged at this moment return, uh, carrying these, uh, thin glasses of what looks to be champagne. Uh, they bring them forward on these very ornate, uh, pristine trays, uh, and all of them hold the tray, uh, perfectly balanced in one hand, while their other arm has a There's sort of, uh, a, a decorative, uh, cloth, uh, wrapped over them Uh, they lean forward and they present these champagne glasses to each of you so if you'd like to take one you may
4: I I will take one for Dak Mm -hmm. Uh, like step out kind of in front of him take one do like a little swirl take a sniff slight sip and then hand it over to him
3: Um, as you hand it over to me I'm gonna put my hand up and can of t- do the universal, like, no, thank you.
4: And I go. Um, and I set it down.
1: Set, set. Yes. Make a constitution saving throw for me.
2: Oh, no. Uh,
4: three. These fools. Three.
1: Okay. So, oh, three, uh, here's
4: mind.
1: the thing. <laughs> uh... So the DC on that was a one because it's not poisoned in any way. Yeah. And it's a sparkling white uh, champagne. Uh, I don't know that you personally are a big fan of champagne, but as far as champagne goes, it's pretty good. Uh, Very airy too. Like it's not, it's not like that strong bitter taste that you sometimes get with champagnes that are like a little too strong. Um, But yeah, it's, it's just champagne. It's just really good champagne. Um, because poisoning the champagne would be really obvious for me to do from like a DM's perspective like everybody <laughs> so.
4: unless you roll the natural one yeah. in which case it becomes poison. <laughs> um yeah, no, I mean it was literally just a performing the role of a guard accompanying an emissary. Mm-hmm. So uh
1: there is a a, a a I guess the closest thing to describe is like a guffaw like ha. Uh, that comes from sort of the middle of the seating area, and you see Norak Landis kind of leans back in his chair a bit, still has the cane, uh, and looks at you with a broad smile and says, Well, there's a good servant. See how he checks it for poison before he hands it to his leader. That is initiative, boy. I like to see that. Don't get it often these days. Uh, Sander gives him sort of a uh, a bit of a smug look and says, Morak, you don't see that much because most people would prefer not to be poisoned, regardless of who they serve. Thank you. And he takes one of the champagne glasses from, uh, from the Warforged, uh, takes a small sip of it and places it before him. And then dies. <laughs> <laughs>
5: uh,
1: and yeah, the champagne continues to be handed out. Everyone else in this other group... Uh, ...happily takes a glass <clears throat> of champagne. Uh, Norak, you notice... Uh, ...sort of gruffly takes it from the Warforge... ...doesn't really thank them or anything... ...doesn't pay them any mind... Uh, ...while uh, Umberta and Sander... ...thank them, uh ...looks positively happy... ...as he proceeds to down the entire glass immediately... Uh, ...and Ezekiel Eberson... Uh, ...says nothing but he does give kind of a curt nod uh, ...to the Warforge... Uh, ...and as all the glasses are taken... They themselves give a very stilted bow and turn and move single file uh, and leave uh, the room.
3: Um, I'm going to say something re Adrian to set. Okay. Um, and in your mind, set you do hear me say, "If you would, could you give the glass of champagne over to?" Cassowary. Uh, and then I'll, uh, I'll have Silva explain that as thanks
4: for. Uh, giving us the tickets to be- come in here. Yeah, so we'll just uh, do a very short nod and then pass it over to Cassowary. And then I
3: relay what I told said to Silva so she can then tra- uh Translate it over. Relay it, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: So you set uh you hand the glass over to Casware. You see he looks up and he looks at the glass and looks at you a bit a bit uh, quizzically there. Oh duh, what's what's this good job?
4: Yeah, I'll kind of slightly like look back towards stack and <laughs> then hand uh like gesture it towards cassowary again
5: yeah say it again for me franny it was so oh, the... um just we're just uh, i'm just thanking him
3: and a a small thanks of met uh a small thanks before many to come uh for allowing us to join him at the velvet uh, okay
5: uh a a small thanks many to come for bringing us to the Velvet Curtain.
1: Uh, you see Casuaris' eyes sparkle, uh, and he says, Oh, that is very kind of you. I am so glad that we met. You know, I always appreciate somebody who is willing to engage in a little bit of back and forth. Uh, but do understand, it is it is no trouble. I am happy, more than happy, to do favors for my friends. And all of you are our friends now. If you need anything, you just say the word. Um, while is talking, I'm gonna have, if, if you would like, I'm gonna have all of you make a perception
2: check. DC 18. All of us? Sure. Yep. Okay. Failed. Shit. Big failed.
5: Okay, well I rolled an eighteen, so that's usually a good start. Uh,
4: I did not twenty the DC. total of twenty-five. Ooh.
5: Twenty-two is my total.
3: I've got a lucky seven, which means I succeed, yes.
5: <laughs> yeah, I got a thirteen. <laughs> Man, that shout out to that eight minus one. <laughs> yeah. I have one one functional eye. <laughs>
1: Sorry, so I know I know Marshall succeeded. Was there anybody else that got over 18 that I heard there?
4: I got in
2: nat 20. I, I got 25. 13.
1: Jade, Jade got nat 20.
2: Nat 20, damn.
1: That's important. Okay. Uh, So, Silva and Nathaniel, while Cassowary is expressing his platitudes and talking uh, with the group, you pick up that there is a, another much quieter conversation currently happening over to the left. Uh, left of Cassowary, uh, with Umberto sort of sandwiched in between, uh, looking forward to watching the show, uh, you hear that Sander, Toxley, and Norak are beginning to have a conversation with each other in hushed tones. Uh, uh, the conversation as you pick up on it appears to be as thus. Uh, Sander leaning in. I understand that you are a bit more restricted around barking dogs these days. Uh, (laughs) But you have to understand. uh, I understand that you keep yourself more guarded nowadays. But anyone who works with Matthias Cauldrew is a helpful ally. One of the most important things you can do in establishing your guard is learning when to reach beyond it. Uh, Norak huffs and goes, Huh, yes, that is the type of talk that I can expect from an Ondarian. And tell me again, how well is that extension going for you nowadays? Uh, and Sander says, uh, still in a hush tone, Quite well. Uh, I'm sure you've noticed that I'm not the one who currently has a rogue warforged problem on their hands. Uh, hey, Nor- Norak says, catty. Uh, Norak says, no, but then again, I suppose I don't have a cult to <coughs> deal with, do I? Uh, and Sandra says, the cult you speak of is a small group of zealots who will be taken care of quickly and
0: efficiently. They pose no threat.
1: They pose no threat the same way that these
0: Warforged clearly have and continue to do so. Uh, Norak says, I don't
1: know how you can say they pose no threat. They've been around for years, have they not? And I seem to recall that it was you who requested my aid in squashing out those bugs in the first place. Uh, Sander notably tenses
0: up at that a bit, uh, and he says, This problem is being handled.
1: Mark my words that before the end of the year is out, no one will be speaking of this emerald claw ever again. Their names will be as tangible as wind. Uh, Umberta, at that moment, sort of pipes up between and says, Would you two stop bickering? This is one of my favorite parts! Uh, and all of you, in this very brief moment, are able to sort of turn your attention back towards the play, which has started. Uh, and so let me describe that a little bit. The, you're seeing before you a scene that is being acted out. Uh, there are several characters on stage uh, at center uh, <laughs> next to this sort of like four post style bed with very rugged sheets on it. You see a uh, male lizard folk uh, dressed in very squalor clothes, tattered, uh, clearly meant to be this sort of lower class citizen. Um, and he addresses, r- addresses the crowd class. in this sort of... Uh, why not both? Uh, he addresses the crowd in this sort of, uh, long meandering monologue. Uh, it's a bit difficult to see, you know, from up here in the balcony, but his voice carries, uh, throughout the entirety of the theater. Um, and he is, uh, monologuing about how he is a lizard folk that comes from poor standing and how he, uh despite living in squalor in squalid conditions still makes the best of his life. And he loves his neighbors and he, you know, does what he can with the materials and the resources that he has. Uh, and he is addressing these two very, uh, very well-dressed, like, uh, fashionable businessmen who are both standing there with their arms crossed looking very, uh, conspicuously at him and, uh, Addressing him in a very negative way, uh, me and uh, Umberta sort of squeaks forward in her chair a bit. And she goes, "Oh, I I love this. This is the part where they make the deal about whether or not they can take the lizard folk and make people think he's high society. Oh, it's so amusing."
2: Excuse me.
1: Oh, is this your first time seeing my fair lizard folk?
2: Oh, that was me, like. <laughs> Oh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> sorry i was in
2: <laughs>
3: oh my god yeah, i, I just realized what this me. what this, this is a pl- parody of
5: there you go <laughs> yeah. well yes
3: uh, uh it took me far too long to realize it you didn't get,
0: didn't get that, that off of the name
5: yeah
3: the no
0: <laughs> hmm.
1: uh the, at, at that moment on the on the stage the two the two uh, businessmen uh, begin sort of proposing a, a bet with each other a friendly wager uh, that if uh, one of the businessmen can take this this poor lizard folk man who was once a soldier uh, but is now penniless and turn him into a a man of the people a, a dignified gentleman uh, for all of the world to see uh, then he shall win 100 platinum from the other businessman. Uh, both of them uh, sort of go back and forth with these biting jabs about how it'll take nothing at all, uh, you can't fix something that's already broken, and, and things such as this, while the, the lizard folk man uh, tries his best to stay composed. Uh, but you notice that the, the actor, the lizard folk actor, uh, does sort of. At key moments, you see he kind of makes these these small physical gestures as if he's kind of wincing at the words, uh, showing without telling that the uh, that their statements about his class and about his position do hurt uh, and attempting to sort of conceal that from them. Uh, You don't know that he's a great actor, but he's trying his best. He's really going for it. Uh, but yeah, so and then we, we kind of come right back to the balcony. Um, at this point, uh, Silva, you get kind of drawn away a bit, focusing in on the play. Nathaniel, with your nat 20. Whew, I'm so glad you got that.
0: <laughs>
1: the conversation shifts to the play at hand. Uh, Sander responds to Umberta and says... Honestly, this is your favorite part. The moment in the story where they take a soldier who fought for his country and make a mockery of him. Uh, And Norak Landis says, yes, of course he's a soldier, but it's all a bit of fun. And plus, you know how it is. A, A good story needs somebody that you can laugh at, you know? It's... It's not like anybody expects anything significant of him anyway, you know. Being a soldier doesn't equate to being a man of status. That takes gumption, it takes notoriety and in some cases actions done far beyond the battlefield. You can Small fight as loan of 1
4: million dollars.
1: You. you can fight <laughs> as many You can fight as many wars as you like, Sander, but unless you understand the intricate nature of politics, You'll find that you're not going to get very far. Uh, Eberson speaks up and says, It's all rubbish. A story like this should never focus on a man or a lizard folk of his character. There's no story to tell. He's not going to get anywhere anyway. His life is short and meaningless. Uh, We love it. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) And Cassowary says, I do love the set construction. Do you notice how they're using the curtains within the scene? Uh, and, and, and those and those pauldrons over there mm. Uh very uniquely standing. You know, when my great-grandfather was uh, tasked with building this stage, uh, they insisted that they be placed in such a way that the lanterns could actually be uh, set at an angle they believed that by casting the light at an angle they could create a sort of spotlight around individual <laughs> characters is this uh, the crux
5: of getting ingenious the nat
1: 20 uh, <laughs> in thoughts everything you're hearing is because nathaniel got a nat 20 yeah uh, and here's here's the crux if you want the crux here's the crux oh, okay, sure. <laughs> when people see a play or a movie or read a book what they take away from that story often speaks to an aspect of who that person is as a character so nathaniel you with a with an insight that i won't say rarely comes to you 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 are an inte- you are a very intelligent man uh but there is a the there's one a one told me that. there's a particular hit of inspiration that seems to hit you where you pick up on the conversation that's happening in the balcony and on the stage at the same time. uh, And you come to realize something about each of the people in front of you. Uh, You come to realize about Umberta Ete that her favorite thing about the play My Fair Lizard Folk is its historical uh, context. She is fascinated by the time period that this play takes place in and how that period affects culture, the things that the people wear, and the way that the people act. Um, she is engulfed in the history of it all. Through Norak Landis is interested in the interactions between the classes. He is someone of an incredibly high stature in life. And he views those of that same stature, or who have worked their way to that point, as being more worthy of attention than the people that stand below them. Ezekiel Eberson seems to feel similarly, but there's a nihilistic view there as well, where he recognizes that the actions that these people take within this play are happening within a set amount of time. And anything that they do that isn't instrumental to them accruing power or gaining status and making themselves more powerful and important is wasted time. Time is everything. For de Dubois, he is looking at everything around the play. The stage. The stairways. The wings, how the lighting is set, how the curtains are drawn, where people are marked, uh, the seating arrangements. He is looking at everything except the play itself because he feels an innate sense of pride that he is related to the person that helped to create all of this in the first place. You get the sense that Cassowary Dubois believes that the work of himself and his ancestors is important. Because without it, there would be no foundation on which these stories could be told. And finally, Sander Toxley. A man who, for the moment, is shrouded in mystery. His focus is on the main character, the soldier in squalid conditions. He cares not for the people of higher position, cares not for the upper classes, or the idea of becoming richer or becoming more famous. He looks at the soldier and he recognizes that they are currently living a a cursed life, having given a significant amount of their life in the defense of their country, and now being forced to live at a subhuman level when they should be rewarded and compensated for giving their life for their country. He looks at that soldier and sees familiarity. He sees solidarity. And he recognizes something of himself in them. To him, the soldier should be the focus because it's the soldier that sacrificed more than anyone else. That is everything that you gather from these people just by how they are reacting to this play as it goes on. Like. Uh, and I will also point out for both Silva and Nathaniel, uh, you did hear Morak refer to Sander as being Ondarian. Which means that he is not from Brayland; He is from likely from north of here. The Northern nation of Andair. You spell that as
5: as one could take from A
1: U N D A I R.
5: Yeah, good old (laughs) Andair. It's amazing, (laughs) amazing spelling. And
4: they have a cult problem. That they do. Uh, raise
1: your hands, everybody here who uh is familiar with the city of Passage.
2: Uh, I've heard it in passing.
4: I I would hope
1: so.
2: believe you can't are
4: we saying as a character character, character, or like as a player we'll say both
2: that was where i'm pretty sure that was where i was supposed to end up working at johannes eventually the city of
1: passage uh the city of passage within the nation of ondair should be familiar to some of you uh in some cases it was your destination uh when you were originally on the lightning
2: i believe Uh, that was the case for me. me Was I won't the go the case any further, of both you know. yeah
5: yourself and and I and Thomas inherit and they but yes <laughs> that was that was both our destinations I know for yep. sure
2: uh
1: the play continues to to pass along Thanks. uh it is a very easy to follow story uh one of the the businessmen takes the lizard folk under his arm he buys him new clothes he begins to teach him how to socialize at fa- at fancy parties um he takes him to one such party, this sort of benefit gala, uh, where a lot of important people are gathered, money is being passed around, uh, and uh, one of the attendees of the gala asks the lizard folk to, uh, you know, introduce himself and to describe how it is that uh, he came into wealth. Uh, and sort of being put on the spot, the lizard folk comes up with the uh, the excuse that he is a famous poet. Uh, much to the surprise of the businessman who is, you know, his charge, as well as the rest of the party. So, of course, they request that he uh, recite one of his, his excellent poems uh, because they're all rich people and they love that shit. <laughs> um, and right. uh, he... You wrote it, so you have
5: to have obviously memorized it.
1: <laughs> he, he sort of nervously looks around the party and everybody's sort of looking at him. Uh and the businessman sort of looks at him like, uh, all right, boy, don't fail me now. Do, do, do as they say. Pulses are red and
4: violets are blue. Either back away or tear you in two. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, <laughs> and the lizard folk, uh, whose name is uh, uh, Chrysanthemum, I should say. Chrysanthemum. Chrysanthemum. Uh, you can't tell whether this is, like, the actor genuinely or if this is just them playing the role, but they look around very nervously and give this very big theatrical, like, gulp uh, before they say in kind of a shaky voice, they, they sort of gesture their arm out, and they say, Yes! The, uh... The... The... the Ravens in Fairhaven uh, call softly to the Ravens uh, the maidens, maidens. Uh, the the ravens in Fairhaven Call softly to the maidens. Someone forgot uh, the lines. <laughs> and uh there is a there is a brief pause before the everybody at the gala sort of breaks into a small polite applause. Uh and the businessman kind of wipes his forehead, like, whew, thank goodness. Uh, and everyone goes, oh, yes, oh, that's very cute, how quaint, oh, yes, oh, a bit of a laureate on our hands, aren't we? And they all kind of have their fun with it, and the the gala continues. Um, back up on the balcony, uh, Sander looks to, uh, the rest of you and says, I am correct in assuming that, uh, all of you were not on the, uh, the lightning rail when the attack occurred am i correct
5: man this is coming Wait, out. Of, uh, oh man, man i love how this is coming out of left field uh dylan
3: oh, here one more
5: time <laughs> yeah you know the question... for the people in the back <laughs>
1: <laughs> the question being posed to you was were you all on the lightning rail when it was attacked a few days ago
3: Who was the one asking that one more time?
1: Sander Toxley. That's why it was hard to hear, because his accent is something else.
3: Yes. Uh, Admirable and
2: fun. Mm. Man,
4: what a good question.
2: What a good question.
4: You have Whoa. you have
1: a you have six seconds uh, to answer as that is uh.
4: uh glad I don't have to talk. <clears throat>
5: <laughs> See, well, how many days ago was that? Now
4: out of character, realistically if our group came from where we're saying we came from, we would never have gone.
2: That's what I was about lighting. to say. Not on that one. Uh, I, was, I was thinking I would not have been on it had I been here. No, we would not so. have
5: gone on that one. Um,
4: Honestly, I was just thinking we shouldn't tell when we should, were on there because there'd be a list.
5: Right. No, yeah, I just want to awesome. know how many days ago that was. I can't remember how many days. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a few
4: where days ago now. We're looking
5: at closer four? to four. I think yeah. it's four, yeah. Um... um
3: I'm going to say something to Riedrin and to buy time and uh, tell Silva. Um, let's feign ignorance. Could you ask him to elaborate on this question? Uh, there were. Uh, you
5: can say that there were some words that I did not catch. I'm sorry, the emissary hadn't fully understood. Can you repeat that for me?
1: Of course uh here in in corvair there is a method of transportation that we have developed um there is i real quick just want to point this out cuz everybody's going to pick up on this he puts emphasis on we and when he does so uh you note uh Norak and ezekiel both kind of give him a bit of an eyebrow raise like what's this we shit you're trying to pull <laughs>
0: uh
1: in, in regards to the that we created um there's a, there's a bit of like a uh huh sure jan uh and he continues the lightning rail was attacked a few days ago uh by warforge it, it was a terrible incident um many of the people that were on the train were evacuated and they were brought to the city. I simply wanted to uh check that you yourselves were not unfortunate enough to have been on the train during that
0: time. Mm.
1: My understanding is that it was a very horrific affair.
5: Yes, because if I recall from our notes that we were essentially given by Dak, uh, the the inherent nation or like the continent that we would be coming from would have been more to the East, not the South. So apparently, yeah, we wouldn't be on anywhere near that. Uh, well, fortunately, oh, I guess, yes, sorry. Uh,
3: yelling can we see a map of, uh, of the continents one more time?
1: You can absolutely see. Uh, I'll cool give you up? a map of the world actually if you would like. Oh, uh, if you do need to you. see the continent specifically, let me know, but I'll give you the world map here.
3: Uh, if I could get the continent specifically, that would be fantastic.
1: All right, let me zip you on over to the continent map just like that. I knew it
3: was continent. flat. Uh, just... <laughs> 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 we're uh, we are right here, right? This is fantastic for all the podcast listeners.
1: Correct. <laughs> uh, the city of Rope that you
4: are in right here. Yeah, okay. uh, for those and, listening, he is circling a part on the map.
3: Yes, and this is a Sharn right here, right?
5: Yes, in the southeastern right. corner of the map of Corvain.
3: Right. Uh, could you bring us to... Because that's the lightning rail right there. Zoom! Uh,
1: enhance!
3: Could you bring us back to the world map one more time? Yes, I can. Thank Thanks you. I can my house and from here. Uh, and this is Corvair. Yes, yes you as, can as is see, indicated by the mist. Uh,
1: <laughs> you can actually see, uh, in Defiance of the Podcast, you can visually see the Dagger <laughs> River uh, at the at the southern tip of Corvair right here, um, which uh, Sharn and Rot are both to the immediate
5: right. But, right. But, uh, which is the, the land that... The 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 continent that Dex said it was pretending to be from. I am looking for right now. Oh, here it is.
3: Uh, this is Sarlona right here. Oh Jesus!
5: Um, so we would have come from the west then, but not the south, or not. It would not have to be the south.
4: Well, because we would have traveled by boat. Oh. Would Would the boat have arrived in Sharn? Is the question.
5: It well that's the thing we'd have to double check the lightning rail because it easily could have just come through anywhere
4: on here. Yeah, yeah, that makes more sense. Is just we would so, make landfall quicker and then travel across land. So
1: I'll, I'll we'll we'll say it like this, and this is something where uh, Franny w- will hopefully be able to make this a pretty pretty easy solution. Uh, think of it this way. There's two there's two different ways that you could have come from Sarlona to visit Corvair. Uh, you could have traveled west from Sarlona crossing the Lazar Sea, which eventually would have brought you to the Lazar Principalities, which exist on the far eastern side of Corvair, uh, which then means from the Principalities, you either would have traveled south around the rim or you would have come across land. The other option is if you had traveled east of Sarlona, across the Barren Sea, which would have then brought you to the nation of Corvairs' west side.
5: So these arrows, my these arrows are my guesstimation of what you're. Those arrows are accurate. Um,
3: Judging from where where all the cities are in Sarlona, the it would make sense if we left from the east and arrived west of corvair so the the bizarre principalities would be where we arrive at um and then from there we probably would have
5: uh we could say that we took uh carriage or uh airship well again it, like, it would likely be a lightning rail the can you uh can we go back to the continent <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's called yeah. bring it back to Corvair. <laughs> Uh, so, yes, we would have inevitably yeah, like come in. <laughs> uh, remind me of um, the key. The so it's the the red paths are roads, red right?
1: Red paths are roads. The orange path is the root of the lightning.
4: All right. Yeah, so so we yes. never would have taken the lightning rail.
5: No, we would have essentially... I'll kind of redraw, but essentially... If anything, we would have either come in through here or go away uh, or like enter in somehow here and then, yeah, go go through and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So we would have conceivably never been in Sharn, nor would we have gone through a lightning rail. That makes sense. This part
4: of the podcast yeah. brought to you by Geopolitical Debate. <laughs>
5: uh all right so yeah um uh right uh well fortunately um seemingly uh due to the fact that we would have come in from that we effectively came in from the west uh we had taken road and carriage to Get over here to the city.
1: Well, I'm glad to hear that you did not have to experience such things, then. You will be happy to know either way that the lightning rail is now under the Nation of Ondair's care. Uh, The rail and the elemental in question have been taken to the City of Passage for repairs. Uh, They will likely be there for the next few weeks um, until we are able to get it fully operational again. Um, um, let me just prepare this element. You hear, you hear, uh, Landis sort of chuckle under his breath, uh, yes, yes, do continue to make it sound like you are the grand purveyors of the rail. You and I both know that it wasn't House Orion that built it to begin with, um, and you see Sander sort of...
2: Yeah, House it. Uh, <laughs>
1: um, yeah. Uh, sort of scowls a little bit and says, I do not put stake in origins or birthplaces, uh, especially when it comes to the maintaining of such important technology. If House Caneth truly understood and could master their own inventions, perhaps they would not have to rely on us to keep them afloat.
5: I don't obviously say this in character. Um
3: I begin saying something in uh Yedrin, and to why I say, um, could you please tell them on my behalf uh, pardon the intrusion or the interruption, but it is a shame if any of those riding the lightning rail, if they had fallen off their own paths during that event. Um, the loss of life is never one, is never something that is pleasant and uh, that my condolences are to them and their nations for those that may have been lost during that incident.
5: Either way, the emissary, pardon the intrusion, I uh, would like to make a note that uh f- that he would or that he would like to make note that for any of those who may have fallen off the path or been lost due to the uh due to this incident with the lightning rail that he gives his condolences to The nations involved, or those who have lost their people.
1: That is very kind of you. We are lucky in that the losses were not more severe, though there were some. And for some of us, any at all is a trap. Uh... And he sort of redirects his attention back to... to Norak again. You know, it's funny. I would not expect you to be such a a starched defender of House Kenneth. Am I not wrong in understanding that they also invented the Warforge, the very same ones that attacked the Lightning Rail not too long ago? Uh, And you see, Norak says, oh, pish bosh. By the time the war was over, there were hundreds of thousands of Warforged scattered all across the nations. There's no point in putting the blame on one house if few of them decide to lose their docile nature besides they were made for war anyways it's in their instinct to kill things why should we expect anything different
5: ah good who who doesn't love a good who doesn't love a good allusion to the scorpion and the frog
4: (laughs) we were both drowned. La- lol, LMAO, says the scorpion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> alluding, alluding to the scorpion and the toad. You say I would never. Right. You'll never catch me doing that.
3: Uh, it's, it's okay. The toad already got a year of it, so it's all okay.
1: good. Uh, so funny. Okay. You see that? Like, it seems like it feels like most of this is sort of in jest, but you feel like. This this conversation's getting a little bit heated between Norak and Sander. Like, there's a little bit of like a the, like there's clearly some like old arguments and discussions that are kind of being brought up in this moment. Like, there is there's history between these two, and especially between the two nations. Um, spoiler alert: they weren't always on the same side during the war. Uh, mm. <laughs> that what? is that is sort of being being brought up at this time. Uh. Everson sort of speaks up again to to break break it up a bit and he goes Honestly, enough of the bickering. We are all gathered here under a similar cause. Regardless of where we come from, looking at uh Sander and regardless of what is our instinct to do, looking at uh Landis. Our cause is unified. We recognize that Brayland, in its current state, is not fit to continue as a nation. It is in need of political change. The king, wise as he may be, fails to recognize the dangers that surround his walls and refuses to change to adapt to them. This we can all agree on. And, uh, uh, um, um... Sort of uh, claps her hands and says, yes, yes, here, yes, yes, here. Yes. exactly. He's such a sweet fellow, but he truly is blind to what's happening all around him. And one day it's going to hurt all of us. Something has to be done. Uh, and Everson says, yes, quite.
5: Caspian is mean, probably loving this. Caspian,
1: <laughs> who notably has not said a goddamn thing this entire time. And is he not been supposed been, to. Has been <laughs> sitting there, uh, or standing there, uh just focused on everything, taking everything in, absorbing all the information. Uh you bet he's loving this. This is literally in his job description. He is an Wait, investigator. What was
5: his... Fuck yeah, what was... Oh yeah, he's Clark Bart.
1: Yeah,
3: who's this part? talking about? It's Clark, Bart. Clark, Clark
1: Bart. Bart. Clark Bart. I
4: forgot about it.
3: Special <laughs> investigator Clark Bart.
4: <laughs> On the case. Listen, when you think when you think
1: CIA, you think Clark Bart.
2: Clark <laughs> right. Bart. My name's Clark Bart.
1: Clark Bart. Uh, But yes,
2: back to Clarky, Clarky.
1: Everson
0: Everson says
1: (laughs) Just like my cat. Uh, Everson says uh, The king means well, but there are so many examples of outside influences that are going to corrupt the city. I mean, look Just beyond our borders, look at the Syrian refugees. Uh, You've all heard the rumors, we understand the tension going on between the king here and Prince Orgev. I mean, he claims to want peace, but you see that the Syrian refugees are slowly occupying more land. Their camps are expanding outward. There is a real possibility that the king will react in hostility to this, and we cannot afford such an attack on our own soil. Think of the money that will be lost in the result and the lives. Of
5: course. That's right. <laughs> That's when you know you're talking to to high-end business people, is when the first thing is, think of the money, and then the lives. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh... Sander speaks up again. Our cause is unified, Eberson, but I must admit I find myself confused by you at times. Yourself and Landis have been taking great care to snatch up all the remaining land in this city. Are you attempting some sort of a hostile takeover by acquiring more land than royalty has? Or is this just your way of biding your time, waiting for an opportunity to slip away? Uh, Emerson says, I assure you, there is no slipping away to happen. I love my city. Landis and I understand that property is power. The king is nothing without his castle. Eventually, he will have to concede to the fact that the city that he believes is under his rule is actually under the rule of the people. More specifically, our people. And he and Landis sort of toast to each other and drink their champagne. Um, at that moment, the Warforged return. Uh, same as before, presenting a plates um, with uh, champagne on them. Uh, balancing the plate on one arm, uh, decorative cloth over the other arm. Uh, the Warforged approach... Uh, a couple of them sort of standing closer to your party there. One of them comes right up uh, and sort of leans in between uh, you, Dak, and uh, Everson. Uh, Ezekiel Eberson sort of leans in between the two of you and says, Would you like another drink? Turns to Eberson. Another drink, sir? Uh, and Everson says, oh, I'm fine. Buzz off, please. We're trying to have a conversation here. Another drink, sir? Yes, another time. Honestly. Help. Uh, the Warforged moving a little bit more forward. Another drink, sir. And Everson looks Uh-oh. at Uh-oh. it. We'll hand to like, weapon. And Everson uh, looks to it and goes, What is wrong with you? Uh, and at this moment, unfortunately faster than any of you can react, uh, There is an immediate movement that occurs. Uh, Dak, because you are sitting right next to Eberson, you, inches from your face, are full witness as the plate of champagne is dropped to the floor. The other arm, the cloth, uh, falls away, and you see underneath it, on the arm mounted to it, is some sort of a sleek uh, mechanism that ends at the base of the palm. Arm blades! The Warforged uh, opens its hand and rushes it forward, uh, and as it does, an arm blade protrudes from the base of the wrist, shooting outward, and you watch as the Warforged, with terrifying precision, drives the arm blade through Eberson's neck and wraps its hand around his throat as the blade pierces through to the other side and splatters Norak Landis with his blood.
4: Rock and Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, Fuck right. yes.
1: Uh just kind of Landis, <laughs> Landis, uh Umbete and uh Norak turn and uh you hear Norak cry what in the hells? Uh, as the Warforged rotates its head the other way around, like, going the wrong way around, to look at you Zach, and says Divided we grieve. Uh, United we mourn. And the Warforged standing behind you all drop their plates and their claws, uh, and all recant the same thing. Divided we grieve. United we've mourn. Divided! at louder and louder and louder. The door opens and another warforge bursts in, leaps up onto the wall, and crawls forward at an unnatural speed. Uh, uh, in a horrible monotone no. sound. Oh good, uh, it's the Emmys from Metroid.
5: Yourself,
1: <laughs> you find yourselves immediately... Surrounded by warforged, as chairs are kicked back and the other members of Everson's group leap from their seats, uh, springing into action. Uh, you see Horak, uh, sorry Norak, uh, takes his cane and withdraws, grabs onto the the hawk's head, and withdraws from a rapier, swinging it around and holding it into position. Uh, uh, Sander reaches into his cloak and withdraws some sort of a mechanism, uh, holds it in his hand and points it outward. Uh, Umbeta, uh, sort of somersaults from her chair and produces two small daggers in her hands. Uh, as the war force sort of begin to make their way around you and get into a uh, position to attack you, I need everybody to roll initiative.
2: Yeah. There is. yeah. <laughs> Ooh, not 20. Holy shit,
4: Johannes. Damn. <laughs> Damn, nice. nice,
1: nice, nice, nice. As I move you all, all right. to the stage of history. Oh,
3: shit. Oh, no, very so caliber of you. Oh, hold
1: on. Oh. The girl with the ring blade. The
2: ring blade. <laughs> the girl with the ring blade. The ring blade.
1: The rumor. <laughs> Follow the rumors. Uh let's back. Okay. A hell. tale of
2: eggs and library
1: cards, eternally retold.
2: They're fiercely entangled. One of uh, the best so
1: fighting I... game so
5: uh single player experiences, don't at me.
1: I mean, you're not wrong. It was my it was my life for several years. Likewise. It was like my favorite thing ever. Okay. Uh, so, can every is everybody on the, on the, the screen? Do you see yes. the balcony laid out for you? Okay. Yes. Yes. So, yep. uh, all of your characters should be on the left-hand side, uh, labeled.
0: Yeah. Go yep, ahead definitely. and take your
1: character. Here's what I'm going to do for you as a freebie, because I'm a nice DM. I'm <laughs> going to let you choose where your character is positioned.
2: All right. All I'm going to
1: let you move in the frozen time. You get to choose where you are. Where I you probably
2: would have been, like, on the edge, like, in our group, but, like, not I'm next. I'm on the time. edge! Probably as far away from, like, Dak, as, like, you have your entourage. Okay, so that
4: right side is the door that we entered from? Yes.
1: Uh, this right here that you're seeing, this is the door that you had entered from, it's where the Warforges came in from as well. Uh, gotcha. this is your back wall. These are large support columns, uh, so you won't be able to walk in those spaces, there's yep. physical columns there. Uh, and then this uh, up here is the the edge of your balcony, uh, which I will remind you, there is a protective anti-magic barrier going across this edge and reaching up to the ceiling.
4: And where was uh, Eberson sitting? Eberson was uh, well, he was uh, right about here
1: uh, <laughs> but as Dak, you see as uh, the blade withdraws violently from eberson's neck uh and he sort of slumps backward the chair tipping back over and he falls to right about this position here uh completely lifeless
4: so then if he was sitting here right Mm -hmm. Dak would have been sitting here then yep okay gotcha so then oh okay would
5: have been here Say I was to yeah, I also need to be to the side of Dax, so yeah.
1: Like, like I say, I'm giving you guys free reign for where you want to put yourselves, even if it's not necessarily lined up with where you were a moment ago. I'm letting you move in the stop time.
4: How long can you move in the frozen time?
3: <laughs> At least six seconds before my heart stops.
4: Yo! means um... gonna be... Oh yeah, okay, if we're yeah. No I need to put his Probably name. would have been in about here. <laughs> With the reaction from Warforged coming in and such. Can I just say we're a are we're a good-looking group of
3: adventurers? Hell yeah. Yeah. you all fly. Yeah, shout out to Tabletop well, for says. doing our wonderful
1: Taylor! Uh,
3: character art. Uh, art,
1: Yeah. Killing it. Killing
3: it. Check her out on Instagram, y'all. At Taylor's art. Does Instagram do at? <laughs> or am I dumb?
5: Yes, no, it is Instagram is at, yes. Yeah, it's at. I okay, think.
1: Cool. Uh just a quick second here while I get this to refresh. Not before. Uh everybody rolled their initiative?
0: Yep, yes.
2: yes. Or did.
1: All right, go ahead. Uh, 20 or higher.
2: Hello, that's me, <laughs> Harold. The 20. Hello, it's me. Hello, it's me.
0: Uh, Is it me you're looking for,
1: Johannes? With that net 20. Oh, uh, what, what does that give you total?
2: 26.
1: 26, baby. Level two. <laughs> We are living all right, uh fifteen to twenty. <laughs> uh ten to fifteen. Twelve.
5: Uh what's your decks there, Seth?
4: Oh no. Oh. I have a I have a twenty decks.
5: Okay, Set goes before me. I am also 12.
4: Oh, no.
1: Sorry, repeat that one more time.
4: So we're both... Silva on. and Set are both 12. But Set... Who, higher higher,
1: who has the higher dexterity? Seth. Me. Okay, so Set's gonna go first. Set then Silva. They have defeated uh,
5: me in the world of dexterity.
1: Set, Silva. uh, Silva. uh, Dak, where were you at?
3: Meta nine, I think. Yes. That's safe, pretty sure That's what I saw. Yeah. Which is my favorite number. So who's the winner
5: here?
4: <laughs> who's the real winner? Here? Uh, Johannes. <laughs> Johannes is the winner here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: all right. And uh, Nathaniel, where were you at?
4: Uh, a total of 3, because I got a nat 1. Okay, hey! From top of
1: the world and to the bottom. Go ahead and roll that percentage dice, my guy. Sure did, 65. 65, let's see what you're going to get.
3: Noise. I love me some 65, oh no. <laughs>
4: Bye, Jade. Damn oh, this it. is gonna be pleasant.
1: Damn it! How much? I... Okay, we got five minutes in the session. Okay, okay. Um. Like... Okay. Sorry. So there's a lot happening. So first of all, my encounter that I've had for this fight, uh, is gone. Uh, so I'm in the process of quickly rebuilding it. Uh. And we just. <laughs> uh, so everything's just going hunky dory right now. Uh, secondly that I want to clarify that was a 65 you said? Jake okay. can you hear me?
5: I believe so
1: That was a 65
5: I okay. That's what, that's I, what heard. I heard Yeah that's also what I heard
4: Okay. <clears throat> Sorry, uh, internet just cut off so much that I thought you kicked me out. Like that was my result. You're gone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> deleted exactly in like real life. After, like, I off. It's like oh okay well bye.
2: Deleted in real life. I I wish you
1: had gotten that one, but you didn't. Um no, Jade, that was a sixty-five, correct? Yes. yes. Damn it. <laughs> for for my players and for everyone at home. Here at Natural One Media, we have a Natural One chart. Every time one of the players rolls a Natural One, they have to roll a percentile dice to determine a event that comes from the Natural One chart. It could be a whole range of things. Uh, I took our Natural One chart, and before this campaign began, I Hit made shuffle. some modifications to it. <laughs> no. Sort of. Oh. But I also modified a lot of what was on the chart. Uh, and I, for the most part, didn't tell any of you about the new additions that I made to it. Okay. I felt it fair. You know, being that so much of this is built on chance, and I've seen how it can go wrong. I felt it was only fair that some of the things that you can roll on this chart do not affect you, but instead affect me. (laughs) there's a severity to that some of these affect uh my npcs that i'm using some of them may affect my roles this one affects me on a personal level so much so uh that i cannot actually do it tonight the results of this role will have to happen next week because I have to prepare, oh. something, uh, in person. <laughs> oh God! All right. For the session.
2: All right. Uh, I'm so terrified.
1: I. I was prepared for somebody to get this role eventually. I hate that it's going to happen during a combat encounter. <laughs> and you're going to understand why next time. But for now, what we're going to do, uh, as it is is just about the end of our time here, we are going to start our first turn. Uh, we are going to have Johannes go. He's going to initiate his turn. Johannes, you do not have to worry about any negative effects or anything of that sort. You're just going to run it as normal. But just for everybody or in the audience, there is something that's going to happen because of this 65 but I have to physically prepare it. We cannot do it tonight. It's going to happen next week.
0: Hmm.
1: All right, so Johannes, with that natural 20 roll, you be out all the other characters. You are the first in line to attack. Go ahead.
2: All right. Um. I guess this Warforged to my direct south is closest to me. Um, I'm going to whip out my scimitar. Scimitar, scimitar. Um, <laughs> and charge in. Entire second swipe right. it.
1: Go ahead and make that attack roll. Twenty. Nice.
2: Good was roll. That, a, uh, that was a dirty. Not 20, not yeah, thing. dirty. Not natural. Still very good though. Um. <clears throat> I did, still got I mean, it. not well, that'll not that'll absolutely. For us.
1: <laughs> that'll absolutely hit the AC. Uh, go ahead and roll for
2: damage. All right, I'm gonna smack it. I'm gonna try to just like swing at its chest because I'm just like. Okay. really quickly as soon as i can like i caught this all early so i'm just going to take a big swing broad swing at its chest uh 8 8 damage
1: 8 damage wow okay let me note that
4: you're a rogue right yeah i am <laughs> are you including sneak attack on that that was not i don't know if this would be considered uh, because sneak i attack. would also be within uh range right as an ally look, so look
1: at uh yeah look at the placement there
5: yeah because i am within yep. as long as you have an eye with that is also within five feet of your of your target Yeah.
1: Go, so go ahead and roll that sneak yeah. attack game
2: oh okay an extra 2d6 let's yep. go as long
4: as there's an enemy of your enemy in your area you're good to go
2: okay they're being the f- they're being team full
1: frontal. You're being team backdoor. Oh, that's another eight. Wow, <clears throat> Another eight. So we're so sixteen total damage. Sixteen damage. Wow. You 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 spin around from your chair and with an incredibly surprising deftness, uh, reveal your cutlass and swing, slicing diagonally across the chest. Uh, it is enough to. Deeply slice into this warforge and actually causes them to stagger backwards about five feet. Um, Their back slams into the corner of the column. uh, And they let out this this horrible, like, exasperated yelp of sorts as they are knocked back, uh, arms flailing wildly. Uh, That was a very heavy hit right from the get-go. And... Norak Landis uh, from, from further away sees this happen and gives out this big hearty laugh and says, ah, Ha ha that's it, my boy! Onward to battle! As he brings his cane aloft uh, and uh, turns and leaps in uh, to the Warforged right next to him. Uh, and as he goes to stab in with a riposte, we are going to cut it off right there. Oh, I'm afraid that's all the time we have, but next week when we pick up, we will be diving right into this combat. You are fighting on a balcony in the distance down below where the main theater is set. You are beginning to hear screams and shouts and yells. Something else is happening down below as well, but you can't see it because you're currently fighting for your lives. So next week we'll find out exactly what's going on and see how well you can handle yet another Warforged attack here Oh man. On Natural One Media. Thank you all for playing. Thank you all for watching. And always remember the names of your NPCs. <laughs>
0: I, <know. laughs> I feel that. Oh, my butt. But hurts. <laughs>